But if you know anything about this church, one thing that we do, and we've done it for about seven years, is we do a 21-day corporate fast as a church prior to our anniversary. And we try as a church to come together and to fast and to pray and to seek God individually and corporately for what the next 10 years look like. We truly try to get a glimpse from heaven, not just our plans. You know, the Bible says many are the plans of man, but God directs our paths. Have you ever had a plan and God took you sideways? Because he had a plan for you. So instead of us trying to have our own plan as a church, we truly, as a staff and as a church, say, let's stop Let's ask God, what does it look like for the next 10 years? We're serious about the next 10 years. I believe we're builders. We're calling the next decade builders. We, you know we bought a new building, and we're so excited. On the 13th, we're going to have an open house for all of you to go through and to see it. It's going to be a great day. We'll tell you more about that anniversary, but mark your calendars. Be here February the 13th for our 10-year anniversary celebration. It's going to be catered and food and speakers and music. And you don't want to miss. This is us building a foundation, plus the fast will be over. So we can, like, eat and party and have a really good time. But up to that point, we're going to fast. We're going to talk about fasting. So, uh, again, it's our 10-year anniversary, and we're so excited about that. But I am over the next um, 21 days, starting on Friday. So just everybody get your... I can't tell you how many people text me. When are we starting again? We start on Friday. We go for 21 days. 15, 16, 21. It actually ends on the 10th, so you fast through the 10th. You're free to eat on the 11th. We actually, our anniversary is the 12th, but the Sunday is the 13th, so that's how all that lays out. But you're going to fast for 21 days. Well, I began to ask God because I knew I wanted to put together a workbook for our church that we could work together with accountability. I'm a life coach, so I love working with people and hands-on and coaching you. And I was on my prayer walk one day, and I began to ask God, God, what do you want me to write? What do you want me to write? What's the best guide for our church so they can stay focused on this fast? Because, look, I know fasting's hard. I mean, I am like 24 hours in, and I am looking for a piece of chocolate, and I don't even like chocolate. I am just like, you know, the enemy comes, and anything I can't have, I want. That's called gratifying the flesh, and the Bible talks about that. We'll say some more about that in a moment. And I'm walking up Serrano, and I'm praying, God, what? And he said, the names of God. Fast with me. Fast with God. And I, you know, when you get a prompt, a word, a feeling, a sensation, an idea, and you're like, I think that's too good to be from me. I think that must be from God. Do you ever get those? Those are called promptings. That's how God talks to us. Don't, don't go too quick from that sensation, that thought, those words. Stop and question God. That's what prayer is about. And I ask God, what does that mean, fasting with God, fasting with God, fasting with God? Of course, I'm going to fast with you. I'm going to fast for you. And he said, no, fast my name. Fast my name. And I love the Hebrew names of God. In the 90s, I did a study through the Hebrew names of God. You may know some of them, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sikidnu, Jehovah Rapha, Elohim, Yahweh. Those are names of God. And so I started thinking, how can we every day study a new name of God? Now, let me tell you what. You read through the word of God every single day, hopefully, or when you do, and you encounter the name of God. You encounter the name of God. And I don't think you know the power of the name of God. You just call him God, you might call him Jesus, you might say Holy Spirit, but if you move into the power of Yahweh, and you understand the power of Elohim, in the beginning, Genesis 1-1, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. The name Elohim, El is God, Him is the plural triune God. In the beginning, Almighty God, Father, Son, and Spirit created the heavens and the earth. He is my creator God. 
he created everything for me, and he wanted to create through me. So as I began to pray about Elohim, I began to say, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to create? I'm creating your image. So in the fasting book, what I do is I walk you through what we're going to study with the names of God. Now, let me tell you the power of a name. The definition of name is a word by which a person is known addressed or referred to. So you have a name, I have a name, we all have a name. When I call your name, you recognize it. You turn, well, God is the same way. God has a name, he knows his name, he wants you to know his name. Now in my house, my little grandbabies call me Gigi, or they call me Gammy. My husband calls me, are you ready for this? You wanna know what Pastor Phil calls me? The little goat. He calls me the little goat. Now, I took great offense against this until he told me goat stood for greatest of all time, and I can handle that. But because I like to walk, and I, he sees me going up, he says, you're like a little goat. You're like a little goat. And so he loves, so he'll just, everything at home, where's my little goat? Where's my little goat? So that's very endearing to me. Well, if you know George and Lisa, they're board members, George calls Lisa baby doll. Baby doll. I think that's so sweet. When I hear George say baby doll, there's nothing like that she turns and she smiles. That's a very endearing name. Another board member over here, Matt, he calls his wife sugar. <laughs> now it's not just sugar, it's sugar. You know, I know when Matt says sugar, he wants some sugar. All right, if you got my drift. Okay, there's something in a name. There's power in a name. It's interesting. Um, in Israel, if you've ever been to Israel, you have Jewish friends. Literally, when you pass someone in Israel, they will say, Hashim, 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 Hashim. That's the name, the name of the Lord. That's all they say because Jews understand the power in the name of God. There is so much power in the name of God. I want to take you over 21 days deep in the power of the name of God, that you will meet God in 21 different days, 21 characteristics, attributes, abilities, personalities, temperaments. You're going to go deep in the name of God. Let me just show you really quickly, and I want to just thank again. I love Simone. Simone laid the book out. If you've already bought the book, I think it's the best book we've done. The graphics are beautiful, but this is kind of a little tutorial and a little coaching teaching with you today because I really want to be your fasting coach, so much so that every morning at 7 a.m., I'm going to be doing a video that you can watch. It's about 12 minutes long, and I'm going to coach you through a 24-hour period because if you don't have a coach, you're going to fail. By day five, you're going to say, forget this fast, I can't do it. But I'm going to meet you every morning. I'm going to give you drills and strategies how to beat the enemy, and I'm going to help you to stay focused for 21 days in this fast. Because listen, power and breakthrough is coming. Power and breakthrough is coming in your life and in the life of this church and the life of this nation, in the life of this nation. So turn your eyes to the screen. This is what the book looks like, just so you see. You'll go to day one, and it'll say, day one. You flip the page, and there's your Hebrew name of God, second slide. So every day, you'll have a different name of God. The first one's Elohim, so you're going to go right to Elohim. I'm going to teach you a little bit how many times the name Elohim's in the Bible, what the name means, how you can call out to him. The next thing you're going to do after you read that is you're going to go right to your fasting passage. Every day, we're going to fast for something different. So this just isn't a, we're going to fast. Every day I'm giving you something specific to fast for, one thing to fast for throughout the day. And so I'm telling you, to, this first one is fast for a right motive. Why are you fasting? Now, if you're like me, you grew up in a church, we didn't fast. I read through a lot of passages about fasting, but we read through those. 
probably because we didn't want to fast. I didn't grow up fasting, but some people grew up fasting, and it was a spiritual experience or a religious experience. But there wasn't power. There wasn't breakthrough because you didn't know why you were fasting. You were abstaining from food. You weren't fasting. Do you know what I mean? There's a difference between saying, I can't eat. So this one talks about your motive. Why are you fasting? That's your first focus. Then you're going to go to daily questions. Every single day, I give you a daily assignment. There are just three little questions to deal with that day, that name of God, that fasting focus, and then a prayer that I end with you and a journal entry. You can do this in about 15 minutes. That's all it's going to take you. It's brief. It's short. It's like two pages each thing, um, each category. Please, please, please fast with us. Please get this book and stay true to it. I believe in my spirit with everything in me, God's going to do something supernatural through this fast. So for 21 days, you're going to study the names of God. So you might ask, why do we fast? Why do we fast? I'm going to ask you to take notes because honestly, I have a dear friend. She's been in the church with us from the beginning. And she said, Tammy, we were on our walk the other day. She said, I'm going to be honest. I I don't do the fast. Never done a fast. You know, I think it's great that the church does a fast. I just don't know why we do it. And I realize we've not done a good job in teaching why we fast. So I want it today to be a really practical day for you. I want you to walk away with someone. So if someone says to you, why do you fast? That you know why you fast, that you really understand it. So first of all, there's three reasons why we fast. First of all, we fast for obedience. Obedience. In Matthew 6, it's very clear. Jesus is very clear. He doesn't mix words. The disciples come to him after he teaches them about the Beatitudes. He teaches them about the prayer. He teaches them about marriage. He sits on the mountain right there with his, with his disciples, and he looks right at them, and then he says, and when you fast. Not if you fast, not if you want to fast. I'm telling you what, I think it's one thing that we as Christians don't do, and we're missing supernatural fo- power. He looks at these disciples. He says, when you fast... And that's that first verse we're going to look at. Make sure your face isn't all pouty. Make sure you're not running around telling everybody, oh, I'm fasting. I'm fasting. I'm spiritual. Don't you see the glow? When you're fasting, your fast is for him, no one else. And so he's teaching his disciples, when you fast, make it unto me. Know that you are getting ready to meet me in a supernatural way. And I'm going to say some things quick, and I'm going to stay with me. There's a difference between a physical fast and a spiritual fast. A physical fast, intermittent fasting, some of us do that for health reasons or for weight or for energy or all those. But that's a physical fast, and it's hard enough. But when you do a spiritual fast, you are putting every demon on notice that you are looking for breakthrough, you are looking for power, you are coming up against spiritual warfare. That's why in Matthew 4, Jesus went away, and for 40 days he fasted, and the enemy came to him. Because he had to have the power of supernatural fasting, because what you do is you are suppressing your flesh. You are going to be hungrier than you've ever been in your life through this fast. I'm just, full disclosure, you know, I'm going to be honest, because some of you are going to go, I ain't fasting now. Okay, then you're not going to receive power. That's just all there is to it. Because there's something about when I deny my flesh and I say no to my flesh and everything in me that wants a piece of pizza, a piece of chocolate, something I can't have. My flesh says I want it. In my spirit, I say no, no, no. If you can do it for 21 days in a supernatural fast, you will begin to say no to the devil and other things in pornography, in alcohol, in adultery, in opioids, in all the other temptations that we're dealing with our world today, and our flesh is weak. Our flesh is weak because we don't realize the power we have in us to say no to our flesh. I don't know if you saw the, the new song that Adele came out with, and it's, it's just, I'm looking at this, and it's all about the apple, and it's all about the desire, and then you can listen to it. I saw it on American Faith this morning. Um, it's a great article, but she chooses to give in to her flesh. And the whole idea is Eve ate the apple. 
And she says, I know there's a struggle within, but I want to give in. I want to give in. That's no different than you or I. Before you point a finger and blame someone, it's the same enemy that comes to you every day. You may have secret sins that nobody knows about. Those are the things you want breakthrough and power in. God wants to set you free indeed. So why we... Obviously, the first reason is obedient. The second reason is for clarity, for clarity. When you fast, now you're going to have to be in this fast about a week or so before you start to have clarity because you have to suppress every single thought, every single temptation and fleshly feeling, and you're going to begin to suppress those. Again, I can't urge you enough to watch these coaching videos in the morning because I'm going to give you some key passages that help you. But clarity, and this is what happened with Nehemiah. Nehemiah so desperately wanted to go back and build the wall of Jerusalem. He had heard that the wall of Jerusalem had fallen down and the gates were burned, and he knew he couldn't go to the king. The king would have killed him, even though the king loved him. You don't just approach the king. But he was mourning and fasting. You don't know how many passages in the Bible it talks about, and they were fasting, and they got the eye of the king, and the king came and said, Nehemiah, what's going on? He said, oh, king, the walls have been burned down, and and I want to go back to my people. And the king says to him, go back and build the walls. He had clarity how to approach the king and what to say. I'm telling you what, if you want wisdom, you want discernment, you want understanding, you want strategy, you want breakthrough, you need clarity, you need to fast. But the third thing I think is for supernatural power. And we see in Acts 13, and the Bible is very clear, they were, the Holy Spirit had just come. And, and look, I don't know if you're feeling it. Maybe I'm super spiritual right now. I mean, man, I'm just believing it. I am believing God's coming. I believe in there's a movement of revival. I believe we're going to see something in California. I call me double dumb or call me spiritual, but something's happening. I believe it in my spirit. And when I read through Acts 2, I'm going, why not us? Why not now? Why not here? Why not now? Let's have Holy Spirit come. And that's what happened in Acts 13. And the Bible was very clear. He said that, Bar- that, um, that Paul and Barnabas were fasting and praying, fasting and praying. And the group came around them, prayed over them, fasted with them, and sent them out. And supernatural miracles began to happen. So if you want to see breakthrough, I'm telling you what, you need to fast. Things were happening. I love this quote by Dallas Willard. He said, fasting, con- fasting confirms our utter dependence upon God. Fasting confirms our utter dependence upon God by finding in him a source of substance beyond food. You have to go so deep in this fast. Please, no. You're going to have so many weak moments. I'm telling you what, you know, I can usually make it through the morning, um, but then by noon, I'm like starving. So Pastor Phil and I do um, what's called a sun-up to sundown fast. So we do not eat during the day. I do have a cup of coffee in the morning. I drink water throughout the day. And then we eat a, me- a meal in the evening. Do you know I can come to the office and work till 5 o'clock and not think about food on a typical day? But I enter into a fast. And by noon, I am killing anyone who walks in the off- office with any food, even Carl's Jr., I mean, you walk in, you get near me, I go slap you silly. Just don't come around me with food. I'm going to say, get behind me, Satan, and I'm going to call you out because I don't want to be around it. So I have to be strategic. One thing I do is, if you've ever seen me around town, I do prayer walks every morning. I can make it usually through the morning, but by afternoon, I'm dying. So I go on my prayer walks in the afternoon. Takes me an hour and a half. I don't take any food with me. At least I know I got that down. Do you see what I'm thinking? Think strategically how to battle the enemy. If you know there's certain times you're hungry, know when to put business in your, in your life or meetings in your life or accountability in your life or prayer in your life or praise in your life. You have to know how to war against him. So how do we fast? It's kind of interesting. The Greek and Hebrew words are interesting. The Greek word literally means no eat. 
So fasting in the Greek is translated no eat. It's interesting in the Hebrew, it's shut mouth. <laughs> you know, Jews, right? That's what Lisa said. That sounds like us. So when you're talking about fasting, you're basically talking about not eating any food. So I talked about in the book, I literally walk through the first 50 pages are all about how to fast, why to fast, what do I do? So as I mentioned, Pastor Phil and I do a morning to sun up to sundown. You may want to do a, a Daniel fast which is no meat, no alcohol. I know that's hard for some of you, and if it's hard for you, then you should. Um, just saying, no judgment, but yeah, well, maybe a little. Um, if you're struggling in a certain area, that might be what you need to fast. Just ask Holy Spirit. Some of you have said, oh, I could never fast that. I just say maybe you should ask God if you should. Just be honest. Ask God what you should fast. If you're new to fasting, maybe you say, I'm going to give up sugar. I'm going to give up carbohydrates. Um, I talk a little bit in the book. Some of you give up social media. Some of you give up um, television. I mean, those are fast. But remember, the literal word means no food and shut mouth. So to fast is fasting from food. So if you're new to fasting and you just say, I I'm new to this, I want to start slow, maybe you skip breakfast. Maybe you just do a liquid fast. But if you'll ask God, he'll show you what you need to fast. So I talk about it in the book. Who should fast? Everybody fast. The Bible is very clear. It said from the least of them to the oldest of them, everyone fasted. So let me take a moment and talk to you. Why a corporate fast? Why are we calling a corporate fast? Because I want you to know it's in the Bible over and over and over again. They called corporate fast because it incorporates us together as a body. Hey, if I'm in pain, I want you to be in pain too. Let's just be honest. <laughs> I want you to come to me and hold me accountable and say, how are you doing? How have you done? And I coach you a little bit. I'm going to tell you if you messed up, just get back on track. Don't say, oh, I already screwed up. I'll try next year. That's not what you say. You get back in the next day. You push through. You believe God is going to do something mighty. So it incorporates. I'm really excited. Our kids ministry, iKids, are actually going to also be doing the names of God. So they're walking through the names of God in iKids, and they're going to talk to them about fasting. I'm going to encourage you because it's a decision as a family. We would never... Talk to children about fasting. But if you want to do a family fast, I would really encourage you. I know our little Gracie Bell has already told her mother she's not fasting from sugar, maybe vegetables. But, you know, that's just kind of what children think. But you as a parent lead your family in fasting. I really think families need to fast together and pray together. Although we're going to be fasting and praying as a church for revival, 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 breakthrough. Oh, let it be in California and start with our governor. Oh, wouldn't it be amazing if he got saved? I just, you know what? I mean, I just can't wait till I see him submitted to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I just, instead of hating him, I've been praying for him. I'm just being honest because I'm tired of people moving out of California. I mean, I'm just, when the way, when that tsunami hit, I'm like, oh, in the spirit in Jesus' name. Let's just see California do it again. The greatest revivals come out of California. Why not start here? Why not start at our church with our people who want to see God do something? Amen? So we're calling a corporate fast. Pastor Alex is going to be walking our youth through a fast. So if your youth are here, they're going to learn about fasting, how important it is. But I want to take a moment um, and just finish with you in a great story. And it's in the book of Esther. If you know anything about the story of Esther, and I love this story. She's just like my kind of girl. You know, she loved royal robes. She liked to look good. I just, there's, oh, okay, that's just another story. But Esther is an amazing woman. But here, let me set up the stage for the story. Um, God had chosen Esther. Have you ever heard of an Esther moment? Has anybody ever said to you, this is an Esther moment for you? Let me explain that to you. Esther was young. God had chosen her out of all the beautiful women to be the next queen. 
She became queen, and the king loved her very much. There was a very evil man in chapter 3 named Haman. Haman, 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 bad name, bad guy. Hope your name's not Haman. Bad name, all right? And Haman was a man full of pride and full of arrogance. He was a man who was in um, a place of authority. It shows us when men in authority get in a place of pride and arrogance, God can take them out. Like our people, too. God will take anybody out that gets in the way. So this man walked with pride. Well, Esther's uncle, Mordecai, was standing outside the gates, and Haman walked by, and everyone began to bow. Oh, bow to the governor. Bow to the governor. Bow to the governor. And he stands, and he would not bow. And Haman looks at him, and he says, bow to me. He says, I bow to no king. And he would not bow. What it made Haman so mad and so angry that someone would not bow to him that he found out everything he could about this man Mordecai. And one thing he found out was that he was a Jew. So he decided that he was going to wipe out all of the Jews, every single Jew. He was going to hate the Jews and wipe the Jews out just because of this one man. And he goes to the king and he kind of tells this story. He said, oh, king, there is a people in our land and they want to take over the kingship. They're conspiring behind your back, and they're evil, and they're manipulative. We've got to control them. See, things haven't changed. Kings want to control people, right? Kings that are full of arrogance and pride, they want to take a certain group of people, Jewish or Christian, and they want to control them. And he says to the king, he's going to try to take your throne. And the king says, I trust you. Whatever you need to do, wipe them all out. Wipe, just get rid of every Jew, every Jew, wipe them all out. Well, Haman hears about, or Mordecai hears about this, and he's broken because everyone begins to freak out. We're going to all be killed. We're Jews. We're going to all be killed. And he gets a word to Esther, and this is what's called an Esther moment. He gets a word to Esther, and he says, Esther, the king is going to totally annihilate every Jew in the land. Every Jew is going to be slaughtered and killed. And she says back to him, what can I do? There is a law. You can't approach the king without being summoned. I can't just go knock on his door and go, babe, I'm a Jew. You better not kill us all. She couldn't do that. She could not approach the king. He did not know she was Jewish. And so she begins to call a fast. This is the first thing I want you to see. Everyone has an Esther moment. Everyone has an Esther moment. Because this wasn't just Esther fasting and praying. She called the land to fast and pray. She said, if we don't fast and pray, we are going to be annihilated. I'm telling you right now, if we don't fast and pray, we are going to be annihilated. I'm telling you what, in America, things are changing faster than you know. Most of us are sleeping. Most of us, you can call it woke or sleeping or whatever you want to call it. But the enemy is blinding the eyes of believers not just non-believers. And he's getting, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, ruffle feathers. You know, I don't, I don't want to make a mess. I don't want to talk about it. And we're having our country, our rights, our freedom, our nation, our Christianity taken away from us. And it was amazing how she began to pray and to fast and to pray and to fast. And look what it says. I love this. In chapter four, Mordecai told them to answer Esther, do you think in your heart that you will escape the king's palace any more than all the other Jews? For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews, but from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet 
Who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Church, are we here for such a time as this? Is it time for the remnant to wake up? Not the mass of armies, but the remnant, the small group of people that really care and believe about God, such a time as this. I find it interesting in the 2021 World Watch list, it reported that more than 340 million Christians, that's one in eight, face high levels of persecution and discrimination because of their faith. There was a 60% increase over the previous year in numbers of Christians killed for their faith. David Landrum, head of the Advocacy for Open Doors, said this, The increasing persecution of Christians across the world should disturb us all. Wake up, America, church. Around the world, Christians are dying for what they believe in. Freedom of religion is what underpins many of the human rights and civil liberties we have today. Oppressive governments know this, and that's why they are exploiting the pandemic crisis to turn the screws on Christians. As we sit around and wonder why our rights are being taken away from us. While we're at the lake or the beach or in the boat or partying, hey, I love it too. I like a getaway. But I'm telling you what, we've got to get focused with what's happening in America today. We will look back if we lose this nation. We will look back in this time if we didn't do something. And we will have asked, was that our Esther moment? I also believe, amen, I think that's so true. I think that's so true. But not only that, we all have an Esther moment, but I think this one's so good. I believe that God wants to give us creative strategy. Now, if you know anything about me, I believe that God gives insight, wisdom, and revelation. Insight, wisdom, and revelation. And I teach that every time I, I go on a prayer walk. I say, God, give me insight, wisdom, and revelation. I have to close my eyes to what the world and the media is telling me. I have to get a download from God. It's supernatural. It's divine. I see it. I believe it. I step into it. Listen, Rachel, oh, Rachel, she too, she was kind of one a good one, but Esther, Esther had to have a divine strategy. Now stay with me. If you begin to say in your marriage, in your family, in your health, God, I need a divine strategy. I don't know how to do this on my own. Show me something beyond me. So here she begins to pray and God shows her what to do. Now this is one smart woman. She knew how to use what she had with her resources. Well, let me just read it to you because I think it's better. I could tell you the story, but I think it's really good. Look what she did. Now, it happened on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes. I told you that robe would come in handy. And she stood in the inner court of the king's place across from the king's house while the king sat on his throne in the royal house facing the entrance of the house. So it was when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court that she found favor in his sight, and he held out the golden scepter in his hand. And Esther went near, and she touched the top of the scepter. Had she not had a divine strategy, here's what she would have said, I can't go to the king. I've not been summoned. I will be killed. Literally, she would have been killed if the king did not lift the royal scepter for her to come. And I'm telling you, some of you have to get a new divine strategy. You're doing the same old thing and failing time and time and time again. You need a new way of breakthrough. You need to think different, and you need God to give you a strategy. I believe fasting gives you a strategy. You're just like, I never saw that. I never thought of that. It's a whole new way of thinking. Really quickly, I'm going to say this fast. I talked to a woman who's been a school teacher for years. She's frustrated. She personally didn't want to get vaccinated. That's her story, her right. But now she's not allowed to go back and teach, and I said, time for a divine strategy. 
There's pods opening up. There's Zoom opening up. There's teachers needed. There's this, there's that. You need a divine strategy to use your gift and your talent and your ability in a new way. Do you see, we can't just sit around and say everything's being taken from me. Wake up, church. Get a divine strategy, what God wants to do. He wants to do breakthrough, and he wants to do powerful things. But I love this one, the third one, to change the course of history. Oh, my gosh, God, I want this so bad, to change the course of history. As I'm getting older, I just want to see a revival. I just want to see a revival. As I read through the Old Testament and see over and over and over again the stupidity of Israel, the stupidity of Israel. God loves them, and he gives them so much, and they get pride, full of pride and arrogance, and they turn their own way. But the beautiful part is not the stupidity of Israel. It's the grace and love of God that keeps bringing him back, keep bringing him back, keep bringing him back, keep bringing him back. And that's what God showed me. Tammy, quit worrying about how everybody's messed it up. Ask me to bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. We, in this fast, this corporate 21 fast, day fast, as a church, I believe that we can change the course of history in Esther 7. And you have to go back and read Esther chapter 5 through 8 because she had so many downloads from God and so many strategies that were so good. But here's what ends up happening in chapter 8. Then the king said to the queen, indeed, I have given Esther the house of Haman. So just Spoiler alert, Haman, the guy that wanted to kill Mordecai, he went so far as to actually build a guillotine for him to be hung. He was going to be hung by the, by the guillotine. And it so happened that the king turned and had Haman hung by the very rope that he wanted to hang Mordecai. Strategy works, guys. And Esther's house, and they have hung him from the gallows because he tried to lay his hands on the Jews. You yourself write a decree concerning the Jews as it pleases you and write it in my name and seal it with my ring for whatever is written with the king's name will be sealed with a king's signet ring and no one can revoke it. Now this beautiful queen had the signet ring of the king and Jews were saved because the strategy and history was rewritten. I'm telling you what, we can rewrite history we can see a move of God. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm telling you what, I've been preparing months for this, so I don't expect you to be where I am right now. I mean, I've been praying and fasting and crying and walking and learning the names of God and studying the names of God, and so I'm months into this. But I'm going to ask you to join me because the same God that's been changing my heart and teaching me the depth of his name. I mean, there's sometimes in my, in my prayer room, and I'll take one of the names of God, and I, it's weird. I mean, just like my flesh is under such conviction and I get very emotional, and I get very tender, and the Holy Spirit comes in, and I have what's called a spiritual experience. I mean, that's what a spiritual experience is, guys. You are not just made physically, you're made spiritually. And if you've not had a supernatural encounter with God through salvation, and then later through just relationship, then you need to go deeper with God. He's not just going to answer your prayer because you plea, but he does answer prayer when we fast and pray. And I believe everyone in here can go deeper with God, but you have to want it. God never forces himself on any of us. He won't force salvation on you, and he won't force relationship on you. But he intimately, intimately, so intimately wants to meet you. So I'm going to encourage you to get the book when you leave today. Our corporate fast is a fast for revival. And, man, just any time you want to text me or write me, I'll pray with you over the phone. I'll pray with you through text. I want to see a revival. I really do. Everything in me wants to see a revival. I don't think we can fathom what a revival looks like when people are right with God. I want to see a fresh move. 
a healing of our country and our hearts and our homes and our family. I want to leave this with you, and it's something that really hit me when I was praying the other day. We don't fast flippantly. Don't just make this, ah, oh, whatever, if it works out, I'm going to try. I don't know, you're going to fast, I don't know, I'll try. This isn't a flippant fast. If you're going to fast, fast. Make a commitment before you leave today. Go to that prayer wall. If you buy that book, you make an oath to God. I mean, whatever you have to do, you do you. But don't fast flippantly. We don't fast casually. This isn't a casual thing, guys. We've come too far casually in America. We fast committedly. We fast committedly. I'm making a commitment before God and with this church that I will fast for 21 days. We're believing God for healings and miracles. It's time that we get spiritual again. It's time that we get supernatural again. It's time that we let the power of Almighty God that created us in our mother's womb, that breathed life into your lungs, that directs your path, let him take you a step further. We fast with God for what we're believing from God. We fast with God, with his names, Elohim, Yahweh, Adonai, Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Sikidnu, Jehovah Makedesh. Every one of those names, I'll walk through and teach those to you. So join me in the coaching time every morning. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to hold you accountable. And I've asked Pastor Phil if he would actually come and close. I think he always does such a great job with prophetic blessings. And if you're really ready, and I hope I've stirred, I hope I've encouraged you, go back to the book of Esther, read it yourself. But would you, if, if ever before, God knows in 2022, we have been almost two years in a lockdown, in a pandemic, in craziness. If we ever need a fresh movement of the Spirit of God, history it's now. But you have to want it. You have to receive it. You have to work for it. You have to deny your flesh. Do not gratify the desires of your flesh. Every time you want food, say, Satan, you're a liar. No and begin to cream. That way you'll tell it to him when temptations come your way. You'll learn to speak to him in authority because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world.